welcome, 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 podcast listeners. It is episode number 275 of the Fret Talk podcast. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are joined this week by Mr. Lee. Lick the microphone, padabadababadadoo. Say hi, Lee. I mean, that is getting cut out because no one needs to hear that in their ears. (laughs) Good morning, afternoon, evening to everyone. Okay, Mr. Truman. We are joined by, oh my gosh, it is Josh. Good abend or good nacht, wherever you may be. Yeah, good nacht. Um, Repping the the stein. And we are joined by Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. He did the thing, he did the thing. I've got blurry arms, look. Do you have? (laughs) (laughs) It's like you put loads of Vaseline just over your arms. <laughs> I might have, I might not have. So it is episode number two seventy five of the Fret Talk podcast. There are four of us, so nonsense will ensue. Because why the fuck wouldn't it? It's going to be a fuck fest, isn't it? It's just. <laughs> it's I mean, that might nice. even be the podcast title: fuck fest, <laughs> fuck fest twenty twenty two. So you you you're joined by me, your host, Mister Budget Puddle Chap, and today we are going to talk about some stuff, gentlemen. Who wants to who wants to start us off with what we have been up to? Any takers? I mean, uh, you should start us off. Uh, okay, I needed that all. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so let's talk about something which uh, which we both done, Lee. Which was last night we oh, recorded. Are we allowed to talk about that sort of thing though? Isn't this a bit <laughs> dirty? <laughs> last night we recorded a, a love tape. <laughs> An online, <laughs> online love. We called it baby gravy. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah f- fuck fest twenty twenty two baby gravy. No, we. Re- I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna take some cues from Mr. Richard Oliver here and not segue directly into what we were doing, and have a little buffer zone, because I don't think we, like any any news should follow that. Uh, so let's talk about Acoustasonics. <laughs> and then back in the room. That's it. Right, so we did so, uh, we did a live stream yeah. based on the Eventide H9. And I will not call it Eventide. Eventide. I'm not going to call it Even Eventide. Though the company themselves call it Eventide. It's like yeah. calling like someone who calls himself Jack John. You know, that's what yeah. their name is. That's what they call themselves. Well, I, I refuse to call Joyo Joyo. I call them Joyo. I, I refuse to call Hotone Hotone <laughs> like Hot One, Hot No Hot Tone, uh, and Eventide will forever be known as Eventide. So sounds like someone sounds like a Chad name, doesn't it? Eventide. Uh, my friend Evan, Evan Tide. Yeah, possibly, possibly. So we we did a, a live stream yesterday where we talked about the H ninety. Which <laughs> I'm glad we didn't have Matt on for it because yeah. Matt's got his opinions. Which we'll we'll talk a little bit about later because we'll we'll get all of the uh, the hosts' opinions. But we uh, we basically answered a question that was posed in the the Pedal Boards of Doom group, basically saying, "Why would you buy one of these if you've already got an H9?" So if we went got through two H9s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went through like some of the reasons why, like some of the additional features, and we got 
a super special guest on, didn't we? Yeah, as a, a surprise to us, but even tied a bang on it as well. And, you know, you've, they always bang on the comment sections of like posts and stuff like that. And so I wasn't that surprised, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah it was great. Yeah, because yeah, we had a, an even type representative in the comment section answering ours and other people's questions. Yeah, I mean, we had two, didn't we? Like, so we had Joe Cotzi, who we've had on the podcast before, in pedal boards of doing Facebook group answering the question, and then we had um, who was it? Um, Steve. I, I, do you know what? Because the comments during the live stream disappear. Yeah, <laughs> I've not been able to go back and get the chap's name again. I'm, so, sh- I'm, sh- um, I'm sure it was Steve. Maybe it wasn't. Who knows? Jonathan. Yeah, it could have been. Jeff. M- Mr. Eventide. Evan. Yeah. Um, Evan Tide. Yeah. yeah, it could have been Evan. Yeah, M- most likely Evan. Yeah. <laughs> the Mr. Eventide. But if your name was Evan, you worked at Eventide, do you think everyone would call you Evan? <laughs> I mean, that is also a possibility. Um <laughs> but we're we're gonna leave leave some of the details about that one to the live stream itself. So go check it out. It's only like a thirty minute thing, and it's it's pretty cool. You get some sound examples. Yeah, it was really good, wasn't it? We've we've done a few now. We've done um two two or three live streams recently, which have been like news coverage as well, because we're trying to like overlap the news with uh, the live stream, so we can kill two birds with one stone sort of thing. And it's easier for us rather than editing a news video down. And you get a longer video, a bit more in depth, get two people's opinion on it, and so on and so forth. Um, and they're pretty snappy as well, aren't they? You know, we've got sound files, sound clips, and yeah, we try to keep them. They don't feel like you've watched half an hour, do they? No, no, I, I watched it again this morning just because you know I was on last night's one. You do that stuff. So yeah, I do, I do, I, I do quality checks because I am that guy. But it, it like it came across really well. And like you say, we get to go a little bit more in depth than you would on a, a regular long form video. Because if there was yeah, a like the listeners of the podcast see a completely different side to us as they do on the um, as they do on the live streams. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a, very, a much more professional kind of outfit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's fun. It's any of you who tune in, machine. we'll talk about it a bit more later. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's something we did yesterday. Indeed, indeed. Um, also, Lee, you did a little something just before the podcast, didn't you? With some, uh... I asked you not to talk about that. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, um, last week on my doorstep landed the DS1W and the SL2. So that's the Boss DS1. You all know what DS1 is. It's the new WASA version of that, which came out about a month ago. Um, mm-hmm. The SL2, which is the slicer. Uh, the small compact one because the the slicer before it was always the two the twenty series which was like the double boss size one and yeah, um, yeah the old cosm people... units weren't it the the dual foot switch yeah. ones yeah but I had my brother visiting um, and I hadn't had a chance to uh, to to play them so this was my first like chance because he only left yesterday this is my first chance to try them out so I tried them out uh, with the guys listening to them. And, um, yeah, they were pretty good. So, uh, do you want me to talk about them now or do you want me to talk about them later? Uh, yes, one of those two things. Yeah, give us a a, <laughs> a quick little rundown, like your first impressions. 
DS1, it, it does sound very much like a DS1, obviously, but when they put it into the custom mode, could you guys hear that the, the mids really bumped up? There was a lot more, um, it sounded a lot more grown up. It, it sounded like the DS1 was always like, okay, there's a tone there and you can use that tone for certain things. When I changed it over to the um, the custom mode, it felt a bit more like a rat and um, it was a tone that I would be very happy to be using like in many circumstances. Yeah, the uh, the the DS1 tone normally is the, it's got one tone as an it like the um that very distinctive like 90s alternative tone is is the DS1. Um but it it veered yeah. away from that in the custom mode. I see I do have a, a custom uh, modded DS1, which I should compare it to, um, which, you know, we only played on it for a few minutes, but um, yeah, yeah, it really, it just does that DS1 thing, you know, and like you guys were like, play some Nirvana, you know, you're like really <laughs> bad people <laughs> watching your, your band play. Like, ah, play King's Play Freebird. <laughs> yeah, play Freebird. Um, so, yeah, uh, when I... Um, when I did that, you you could quite clearly hear that was that was the tone more or less. Yeah, um, I mean that's very much what we expect from the uh, the DS One W, isn't it? Like a more refined version of the DS One. Let's talk about the slicer because um, from first impressions over this end, it is crazier than a fish with titties. So yeah, I mean, have you seen Little Mermaid? <laughs> have i seen the um, little mermaid my friends i very much could she be the other type of mermaid with the fish on the top and the lady pile on the bottom <laughs> oh. yeah man um so yeah the slicer was pretty insane like you go through um and i think josh said isn't it just like a, a tremolo and i i showed where like you can adjust like the duty and the the attack so you can make it more profound you can actually you actually have a blend for the um clean so you can get it just doing that slicing so it literally is like it's like just letting a certain amount in like when you have a tremolo on hard like on um, with the depth <laughs> all the way up but the attack was on and then as you go through the variations it's not a straight cut 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 it's like all these different patterns exactly so um yeah and some of them fade a, a little bit as well so some of them get a little bit quieter especially when you have to blend on but then uh when we went through to we it does have a tremolo mode on it which is great and it sounded really nice uh sound quite lush actually tremolo mode and then we put it around to um um sfx and as I was going through that, I found some that just sounded absolutely amazing. A uh, uh, Matt commented saying, "You know, this really does sound like nineties, mm. like um, yeah, yeah." We were saying nineties dance music, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he was right, and, and that's fantastic because like you mix that with a bit of metal and a bit of synth, and then you've got something completely different. Especially if you've got <laughs> and you've got nineties dance music angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think do you remember like the Mortal Kombat movie where it had that sort of like really heavy metal mixed with dance music and stuff like that? So I that, love that. That's what you, that's <laughs> so what you're saying this I had is that for the Mortal Kombat album. <laughs> like nineties movie soundtracks. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um I'm I'm quite happy with that. That's, that's going to be something I'm going to be making quite a few little shorts about, I think. Yeah. That, yeah. That there's well there's definitely and you just, some like, interesting play a chord and it does it. Yeah, it it there's a lot of it where it it's doing the work for you, isn't there? Yeah, didn't um Josh say that one of the um one of the rhythm sounded like Sandstorm by the Yeah. Oh man, I'm so gonna like work out how to play that and uh, do that. (laughs) Get us a copyright strike. (laughs) (laughs) It would be be the bane of my existence once more. Going, why the fuck have we got copyright claims on our channel? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, that SL2 is wicked oh, and, um, yeah one of the um things i saw a lot of people saying is like there was a lot of people saying i've had the sl20 on my board for ages and ages and ages and i don't want to take it off but it's a pain in the ass it's so big and this is just the answer to all my dreams so for the, those people who are into it the sl2 is really good and, and all like, three of those people yeah. i mean the amount of people who've said oh, yeah, i'm definitely getting one of these is, is you know yeah, it's it's a boss pedal. They'll sell. They'll definitely sell. Yeah, they'll definitely yeah. sell. I'm, I'm so glad I've got one because it's like proper up my street. That is, I can't wait to link it up with the um, the synth, the SY two hundred. Yeah, yeah. I think there, there are turns to be had, gentlemen. Other gentlemen, what have you been up to this week? Let's uh, let's evolve, you gents, Matt, because your background looks a little bit like quality streets, and we were just talking about streets. <laughs> <laughs> you are next. Okay. Um, in Tokyo. What wasn't it? Celebrations that removed the bounty from it this week? Because that's what we thought oh, the news were going for. <laughs> like, I, I do not, I do not agree. I do not agree. Well, it, you don't agree that they have taken the bounty out. Yeah, it's, it's like people who should. deny gravity is a thing. No, I, uh, just so you know, that it's a separate. Like I've had this conversation with so many people. It's a separate product. You can still buy celebrations with bounties in if you really want to, and you're sick and twisted. No, I'll, I'll buy the ones without the bounties and buy some separate bounties, like big bounties, and just put them in. Just you know what? I, I don't with... like normal blue bounties, but the red bounties, I'm all about them. They are like they are my thing. I you love... are all a bounty. The the red bounties, the dark chocolate ones, right, and a bottle of cherry coke. Do yourself a favor, go and get that combination and thank me later. It the is fuck? one of the most lush things in the world, that combination. Okay, that sounds horrible. I don't, I don't think I will. <laughs> don't think I will. No, it, and then it, after you've tried that, go and get some mustard and get some mint sauce and mix that together and thank me again later. Because that, I accidentally found that by accident. And I was like, oh my God, that's, that shouldn't work. But it does. Like mustard and mint sauce, I can, I can understand that. But... This sounds like the kind of shit that you pull when you're a kid and it's like wired into your brain that that's an actual taste. And it's not. I mean, that's that's almost exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I used to have in my lunchbox when I was in like primary school, I'd have one of those like cheese dipper things, like the Derrily Dunkers <laughs> and a, a um, Snickers bar. And occasionally I'd dip the, the, the Snickers into the cheese <laughs> because I had cheese left over. And that's fucking gross. But I reckon if I tried it now, I'd go, mm, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's nostalgic. 
But I'm not going to tell people on a podcast that people listen to. I'm not going to go, yeah, you should definitely try that, that flavour combination. What, what's got me... What, one of my favourite cakes is like a cherry... Uh, black cherry... Um, Black, Black Forest, Forest Gallo, Gallo is, is the tits. Yep. And when you eat like a dark chocolate bounty and you have a uh, a cherry Coke, there is something going on there that is, it, it, it kicks off those kind of like flavour memories. Oh, Why it, don't it, you just buy a Black Forest Gatto? It, 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 it's almost like you've been... You're disc- a grown man with a fucking debit card. <laughs> I'm buying oh. about it anyway. You know, when you're just like walking through the street, or you go, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm just going to get a Black Forest Gatto and eat it on the way through. But you oh, you've got, you've, you've got, got too fucking much fucking say shame, that. man. You say you've that. got far too much shame. On, on my Facebook, t- <laughs> on my uh, like the time hop on Facebook, every year mm. at, at a certain point, it reminds me that I went on holiday and had like the majority of a Black Forest Gatto in the fridge that I knew would go off if I left it. So sat there as my wife drove drove us on holiday, eating the remainder <laughs> of a Black Forest Gatto for breakfast. Oh, you were a legend. I'm <laughs> fucking right, I am. But I took a photo of it as well. So every, every year on Facebook, oh, it reminds me that I am, a, I am a pig and I have no shame. Since I realised I can't take milk products and cream and these sort of things, because that's what was causing my incredible amount of flatulence and I didn't realise for like I don't know 20 years or something but since I actually realised I've not been able to eat Black Forest Gatto properly so I'm actually trying to build up my baking skills to the point but one of the main reasons is so I can make this motherfucking cake because I love it so much Black Forest is is excellent par excellence um, just for those those people, I mean, because this is, I'm pretty sure this is a very British thing here. I don't think Black Forest Gatto has found its way to the Americas. Um, basically, it's like like a chocolate flavored sponge cake with cream and um, dark cherry Summer fruits. Basically, it, 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 well, it's, it's, dark, it's a cherry like, compote, more like or less. Black cherries, yeah. isn't it? Um, like a yeah. black cherry jam glaze kind of thing on the top. It's absolutely fantastic. It is delicious, um, but yeah, yeah but in between, you, you, if you're doing it properly, you have three layers. And yeah, yeah. Each, in, in between each layer, you'll have a bit of the cherry and then a bit of the cream. But like it's a very thin layer, and then you'll have it on the second layer, and then on the top, you'll have um, yeah, like cream, the whole like whole like, cherries or like kind of half cherries with the yeah the around goop. the outside. And then what you do around the the actual outside of the perimeter of it is you put a bit of uh, cream around it and then you sprinkle uh, like um, chocolate chips all around the outside, and then it's like just pucker. And and when you've got the like the dollops of um, icing all around the edge, a bit like your turrets in a castle, on like every third one, you just stick another little cherry on there, don't you? It's the cherry on top. That is it. It's cherry on top. Exactly. How the fuck have we got onto talking the finer points of cakes? I didn't realise I was on the fucking British Bake Off podcast. (laughs) You said I looked like I was in a Quality Street 10, and I mentioned that it wasn't the Quality Streets that had changed this week, and that's how we got there. Uh, quality streets before our American listeners <laughs> a tin of sweets which um uh, only available at Christmas yeah, yeah you get I mean, roses and you get quality street and they're just full of like like three sweets that everyone likes and then like two sweets that mm, no one likes like largely disappointing chocolates that we best tolerate ones, at Christmas best ones 
Cadbury's Heroes. Yeah, because they're there's basically small versions of Cadbury's bars, which we have all year round. <laughs> and there's no bad ones like, in there. Like, I remember eating these roses and, and stuff <laughs> as a kid, right? And thinking to myself, there must be something wrong with me because I don't like these. Yeah, yeah, half of these are shit. <laughs> No, that's British British Christmas for you. You eat things because it's there. You don't eat it because yeah. you enjoy it. Yeah. Right, Matt, what I, have you I been up really to like... this week? I'm sorry. Yeah. Guitar-wise. <laughs> guitar-wise, I mean, really boringly for this podcast, I've only picked up the acoustic guitar for about a month at this point. So, like... Not much. Like I, I, I think I mentioned that I was going to be playing guitar with a, a girl who plays the piano. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we've done a couple of open mic nights, and um, we. Uh, so there's a. She's also now playing with Lorcan from like oh, one nice. of my bands, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and another guy who they're, and they're doing like Beatles. Um, there's basically two two acoustic guitars and uh, a piano, and they can all harmonise. So I went, nah, I'm out. Because I can't fucking <laughs> sing harmonies and stay in tune, and they like they're really, really all really good accomplished singers. So they were doing yeah. like they're doing like Simon and Garfunkel stuff. They're doing some Beatles nice. stuff. They're doing doing some proper like really, really impressive vocal stuff. Um, and yeah, so I've just been like I, I think we did about uh, me and Laura did about ten songs before they then did like a, a full evening of stuff. And I've done a couple of open mic nights, but really I've just been playing the acoustic guitar, which is mostly just strumming chords, which I'm capable of doing most of the time, as long as I can hear myself. Yeah, no, like We did one this Sunday just gone where the monitor on stage didn't have my guitar in it, oh, and that was really fun. So I could hear the piano and Laura's voice and my backing vocals for a couple of songs. I have no idea what I was playing a couple of, a couple of points and like I kept looking out and people were like this sounds weird and then when I finally got yes. my guitar in the monitor yes. every time I played a G chord it would feed oh, so that was even more fun that's it G's out of the question yeah and when you're playing Dreams by fucking Fleetwood Mac and there are two chords <laughs> in it an F and a G it just means that you, you, you go silence feedback silence feedback that's really fun. But yeah, other than that... Sound like, man should have thought that out. Yeah, absolutely. And I was looking directly at the sound man as he was staring at the tablet in front of him that's got the desk on it. And he's just smiling and going, yeah, it sounds good. And I'm like, no, it fucking doesn't. This feedback sounds fucking epic, mate. The feedback's in the key, so we're all good. You have a slicer because yeah. this feedback will sound really good. With a <laughs> yeah, but yeah, other, other than like yeah, doing a few, they're not really gigs, are they? It's like just over, over mic stuff. But yeah, that's all I've really been up to for the last. That's a gig, surely. Month. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it's kind Come of, on, kind of. Right, Josh, do do we want do we want to <laughs> do, do we do we want? Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're gonna we're gonna save a big lump of it for Patreon, aren't we? Do we want to just do that? Uh, well, to be honest, if the reg, you know, if you're a regular listener of the Fret Talk podcast and you really want to know what I've been up to, you're gonna to have to become a Patreon and pay to find out. Oh, I mean, this is the <laughs> sneakiest, sneakiest Patreon plug we've ever done. Yeah. I, um, and it's like, it's proper like... Um... Oh, it's juicy, and it is juicy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's juicy. juicy. Yeah, Hon- really honest to God, it is really, 
it's worth the two dollars <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. for the twenty-five minute rant that I'm going to go on. <laughs> I mean, you that think was... about the things that we actually say on this podcast, and he can't say it on. <laughs> that's yeah that's saying something yeah that has been the odd bit not not since Ayrton not since the Ayrton days (laughs) (laughs) mate he he may be busy he did Um, yeah so as as mentioned Other other than that the only thing I can talk about is I've been experimenting with impulse responses ooh ooh pray tell what Um, impulse responses we're talking uh, so, actually, made my own. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, um, so it, it was a little bit of kind of, I wouldn't say a hodgepodge sort of jobby, <laughs> but I figured out... you suggest that anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I've kind of done it in a, a, a relatively crude way, but essentially I found out that you can make an impulse response kind of by taking a clip of a kind of like a guitar like if you've got like just a kind of like a guitar signal and there's all sorts of wizardry basically i found the clips that i wanted to emulate the guitar sound of and i when i say i made it i found the bits that i wanted (laughs) and i gave it to i gave it to someone who actually made that then into the impulse response to use with the quad cortex nice um, and it was actually um, sound bites from um, a Ramstein album where it was just the guitars. And okay. I've used that to be made into an impulse response, which I've now imported into the quad cortex uh, to get me even closer to kind of to that sound. And it actually sounds uh, really good. So I'll pair that on one side. And then on the other side, uh, I've got an impulse response as well that Phil Dyer sent me of... Uh, a V30 Mesa cab with an MD421 and a uh, 57 on it. Nice. And um, pairing it in stereo works really, really well. So the HX Stomp can now do stereo IRs. So like, hit a brother up here. Like, what are we saying? I, I, I can happily send you some impulse responses. Yeah, boy. Yeah. I, I'm down to claim for that. Got your chav on then, didn't you? Indeed. Right, let's uh, let's let's do some hot yeah. takes because we've not done it in a week because we had none other than Richard off of Wampler pedals on the last I week. I think we I think we should uh, do the hot takes a little bit differently from now on. I think we should always have like a freshly cooked cake, and we can call it hot takes with hot cakes. I'm, I'm... Or you can just make it about the pedal, the hot cake. <laughs> hot, hot takes Ooh, about the hot cake. This stuff, Matt. I mean, do we have to? Well, I don't like yeah. cake. You don't like cake? I don't like cake. Oh, that's no, no, that's, that's what, cake. the quality sweet thing, obviously. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, I don't. I mean, I don't like quality sweets either, but I also don't like cake. Right, right. Let's let's hot takes. <laughs> Damn it, people. <laughs> Trying to veer me off the road of success. The, the crowd, the hot cake, however. <laughs> Let's not, talk, hot let's not talk about the hot hot cake. Although one week we have to do a hot take that is just hot cake question mark. Um, but that week is not this week. Uh, so, that can be when we forget. That's it. Last uh, the last time we did concentric pots. Concentric pots are, are the work of the devil. Do you agree or yes, not disagree? And the um, 
the suggested like the uh, the choices were purposefully quite obtuse, but forty four percent says yeah, basically concentric pots are all right. Fifty six percent said no, and I didn't think it would be that close. I thought that we'd no, get there were there were some real real um, advocates for the concentric pots, weren't there? Andrew Bimson was one. And I don't get it. Like, no, I thought he was cool. It, I thought he was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I quite like concentric pots, but uh, I, I just, wasn't here for that argument, uh, so I won't. Yeah. Uh, we have another hot take for today. We it's do. all right, because I won, so yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. not rant about it further. <laughs> <laughs> so this week is brought to us by Josh, who said podcasters are great budget custom guitars. That is... That's brilliant. That that the word is on that is like, chef's kiss, because parts casters are great budget custom guitars. Suggests everything you need to know. They're cheaper. They are custom, so they are they are to your specs, but cheaper than you would be getting in a custom shop build. Okay. Do you want to do you want to argue the point here, Josh? Um. Uh, so I kind of I I was always I wouldn't say on the fence with parts casters, but you'd see them pop up for sale, and it's just like who wants kind of a hodgepodge, um, you know, way of putting together a strat or a telly. And but actually, kind of when I ended up kind of getting one myself, it was a lot better than I thought because you can kind of you know pick and choose what you want to your parts you know you may be more interested in having an expensive neck than having you know an expensive body for example so you can go out and buy usa fender strat neck for example but you know just get a squire body for a finish for example I mean, if you want it for just the body, that, if, that if, would if, be bastardizing. That would, wouldn't it? Fuck me. It would, but say, like, <laughs> say for example, um, you wanted to say, I don't know, have a hot pink coloured strap, for example, but you don't want yeah. to ruin an an American made body. You just get a, you know, like a Squire Classic vibe, for example. My parts caster, to be fair, is a Squire body, and yeah. I've got an American made neck on it, and it fits perfectly fine. Yeah, okay. they, uh, they, 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 some, sometimes they require a bit of. Meet. Yeah, yeah, some like some may require a little bit of you know uh, shaving off or you know bits of routing or whatever. However, I there is you know virtually no gap between mine and it fits near enough spot on perfectly. Yeah, um, well, there's a will, so there's a way. Next, I I know that often um, the bridges aren't uh, interchangeable. Yeah, oh, the, um, yeah, the bridges but I was, aren't. Um, you know, but say like if you're just wanting it just purely for the body shape, and you're planning on to change the color or something like that, you don't want to go and spend, say, you know, nine hundred quid to twelve hundred on an American-made strap, for example, when you're going to change maybe the pickups, you're going to change the body up, and you kind you can have a little bit more creative freedom and I guess creative license without, I would say, having to maybe pay the extra price because you. You know, if you're relatively competent, you can do it all yourself. Yeah, yeah. And on on the flip side as well, you can get absolute bargains on the used market for people who've put together a parts caster and then fallen out of love with it 
you can find some absolute blinding deals. Usually you find that oh, the, yeah. the parts that are, are put into the parts casters don't even equate to the, the total value of the instrument. So you can you can pick up some absolute banging bargains. But yeah, Matt has got some... Like, if you're the person who's bought it and made it and then trying to sell it on... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, look, that's the, that's the other end of the... Other end of the coin. That's the other end of the deal. I mean, that, that, that is the other end of it, but there's there's more to it than that, though, because when you're like searching for these bargains online, you're not getting exactly what you want. You're getting something close. So if I was to just spec up what I would like, if you're buying a custom shop or a, a custom made guitar from Eleuthia, you're going to spec up exactly what you want if you go to Eleuthia, and you might end up spending two and a half thousand pounds. But if I spec up just the neck that I would spec a custom luthier to make on somewhere like Warmoth. It's going to cost me $500 plus $120 to import it. Mm-hmm. You're not saving any money. Just go to a luthier and don't don't go... It's like oh, You're saving money over a Fender custom shop, a Gibson custom shop. But mm-hmm. if you're specking up your own strap, by the time you've put the body, the neck, the paint, all of the hardware, you've selected the, the right frets that you actually want. You've got the, you know, it's roasted flame maple rather than, you know, just standard maple. It's got an ebony board rather than a rosewood board because it just looks better. Um, mm-hmm. Once you've added all of these things together, it's you You might as well just go to a luthier and say the same thing and they'll put it together for you and they'll do a better job than you will because you don't make guitars and they do. <laughs> so you might save yourself 15%, but actually what you've done is you've ended up with a worse, a 15% worse instrument because you put it together yourself. Just go to a luthier is, is my my thing about that. And it, it's if you're wanting to put something together that's good enough and you're getting 200, 300 quid necks and a 400 quid body and, you know, you've, you've got 700 and it's come preloaded and, you know, you've got a, a 700 quid guitar that's probably got... The, like 1,500 quid's worth of parts on it. Absolutely, that kind of thing. But it, I don't think it's the perfect alternative to a custom guitar that you want yourself. That's where Some people I might from. kind of like necessarily have the budget to go out and kind of buy a custom. So I guess it's kind of doing it to a, a means to an end, so yeah, to and, speak. Yeah, and, and like I say, if, if so if you're going down the route of it's close enough to what you would make and it's you, you are going to end up with a better... So if you spend 700 quid on a... On a parts caster, you're going to get more guitar than you would get by spending 700 quid with Fender. I absolutely get that. But to say it's like a, a custom guitar alternative, I I would argue that if you're going to go down that route where you're ordering exactly what you want, unless what you want is a plain maple neck with whatever frets come on it and a and a you know a cheap Alba body and whatever pickups I can pick up on the on the online sort of things and you know the that kind of hardware you're 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 limited in what you're, you're going to find in the cheaper ranges like if, if you're wanting something specific you're going to end up with somebody like warmoth or somebody spending 500 quid on a neck 400 quid on a body and you're going to then spend 400 quid on all your like peripheral Case. parts so I'm, I'm with matt on on this to an extent but there is something i, I need to come in on which is like you don't have to buy this stuff in from the states, so well, you you will have to get things imported, obviously, because you're on the Isle of Man. But that is a bit of an edge case. Um, for most of the people, 
who are listening, they're either going to be on mainland US or mainland UK. And if you are on mainland UK, you can go to Armstrong Music, um, previously known as WD Music, and they're very good friends of mine. Um, and they have like necks starting at about 150 quid, uh, strat necks, um, yeah. and they go up in price from there. But you can, I think the most expensive one on here is about 262 pounds. So that that's not bad. So you can spec, uh, this is all high quality stuff. Yeah, hand spec um, a guitar for cheaper than what you what you're suggesting. But I think yeah. But are so, you going to get the, the same level of like options yeah, that yeah, I the get? Customization, yeah, yeah. It, it 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 comes down to that, isn't it? It it depends how picky you want to be with your specs. If your specs fall within kind of the the normal range of interchangeable guitar parts, then you could probably save a hell of a lot of money. But if if you've got a specific one because oh, I remember you, you were trying to spec a hardtail strat that had a tunematic bridge system, and so you can't like, you can't spec that anywhere unless you go yeah. to Luthier. By the way, yeah, I've well, looked for five yeah, years. Yeah, you've been doing it for the length <laughs> of this podcast, and because that is such a specific requirement, your only option is to get it custom made. Um, it's not off the shelf, and look, if your desires are off the shelf desires then yes you can potentially save a hell of a lot of money rather than having it specced uh custom shop style like be it like a luthier or even like the fender custom shop or the gibson custom shop and, and i will say that i'm being deliberately kind of obtuse and, and i do get that you know generally a parts caster you're going to get more more bang for your buck but whether it's the actual customized guitar that you want it, for me it wouldn't be it would be a lot closer than what I'd get just by buying a Mexican Fender, yeah. but it still wouldn't be exactly what. I, I mean, I, I'm just a bit of an arse, and I just I hate all bridge systems that aren't tunematics. Yeah. Just so, a, just um, a question here for you: If it was a uh, a strap body with no, um, so it was hardtail, but it had no no trim cut in it whatsoever, would you be? prepared to put in like the holes and put in the bits for the tunematic the issue there is the neck pocket needs to be cut completely differently for a tunematic than it does for a standard hardtail strap because i've looked at that as well um, and <laughs> but obviously with a tunematic you're you're raised so much higher than a, a strap a, a, a hardtail strap trem would be because obviously that's flat against the body whereas the tunematic is raised quite a bit and um, so it means that the angle of the neck pocket needs completely changing so you almost need a completely different body in sure. terms of like, yeah, the whole thing needs changing because generally when companies do, like, there has been like three or four I've seen out there, but company uh, people tend to like change the face of the strat ever so slightly so that it's slightly rounded and it's not where the, 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 um, the, pick, the pick guard is, but like they, they just make ever so slight tweaks to it just to make it not look weird. Um, and it can be done. It can be done in a really cool way, and I really like it. But it doesn't get done that often. The the only like Fender style guitar that I can think of that's got that on is the is it the John Five um, Telecaster. He's got a is it J A forty five J T forty five ninety five. I can't J A ninety. Oh, the, uh, the Jim, right. Jim Atkins. Jim Atkins, not John Five. I don't know why I said yeah. John Five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, 
And again, that is a Telecaster body, but again, it has the 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 chain's neck pocket and the the face of the Telecaster. Yeah, isn't it's not it quite like a slab. contoured face? It's a little bit contoured. It's not quite fully, but yeah, it it just it, everything is slightly different just to a customer because obviously with Beautiful. with the like yeah, well no, it's the it's it's all to do with the the, the tunematic bridge being raised a lot more than a flat um, uh, fender style. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, oh, oh. Synchronized obviously, it's, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you, you know, it, it's one of the big issues with like a, a Strat, um, sorry, a, a parts caster is that he's going to be either a Telecaster or a, or a Stratocaster. You, you, you're going to be hard pressed to do this with like a PRS or a Les Paul or something like that, and so you are limited into that sort of thing. And you're very unlikely to get like a, a sort of metal type guitar. It's uh, you are going to end up with like something that is like a blues dad guitar. No Most. metal guitars, you absolutely like an RG. You get get parts for RGs and and all of that kind of stuff. Really simple. I've made about four parts casters from either rg parts yeah, or bold, yamaha like 80s yamaha oh, yeah no you're right yeah i was thinking glued neck but no you're right yeah no you, no no oh, yeah all, all of those like yeah. 80s kind of stuff it's all bolt on yeah i've seen so many uh so many parts casters on like the gear exchange as well that are metal telecasters like that oh, are chasing oh. that jim brute the thing yeah, yeah there are so many so so many and like baritones as well like okay scrap scrap everything i just said then <laughs> i mean you know the, the, PR, the prs and the gibson stuff absolutely like if, you, if you're looking for set neck you can't really do it but everything else is doable to to an extent yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah hollow bodies as well you're not gonna like make a gretch or a 335 or something <laughs> yeah look like, anything with a set neck you're pretty much writing off oh yeah i mean the, the places like warmoth still do um, bodies and and necks that match that that design, but it's like you don't you don't see them all that often. You see you see the Fender style ones, the modular designs, so much more. I think the... you're much better off getting a a, uh, a Japanese Strat or Telecaster from from the early nineties or late eighties because they are absolutely fucking amazing. And they're really, really cheap, and then just doing the upgrades to it because that's that's the thing about Stratocasters is they were made to be modular, so you can take things off and put them on to upgrade them. Yeah, so, but then yeah. we we're getting oh, uh, what's it? Theseus's ship or Trigger's broom? Um, broom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it depending on whether you're educated or you <laughs> you like holy falls and horses. Um, like the the next on the. On the Japanese stuff, tend to have a seven point two five radius, and if I'm taking the neck off of it, then like might as well uh, bought a yeah. Mexican. Yeah, <laughs> you're well, not going to want to take you're not going to want to take the neck off of it though. That's what I'm saying. That you get them; they're really, really good guitars. And the upgrades I'm talking about, like locking tuners and pickup uh, changing and stuff like that, you're going to start with a very, very good guitar, and then you the only upgrades you're going to want to do it are going to be like maybe the trim system and stuff like that. Oh yeah, like the the old Ibanezes as well, like the Ibanez Roadstars, uh, which were basically like Japanese strats with flatter radius necks and like slightly more shreddy necks, but not 
full shred machines. Wizard. Ab- absolutely. They, they weren't wizard ones. They were like, uh, like so moderns. They're not wizard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we have we have tangented the fuck out of this <laughs> because we've gone from <laughs> from like parts casters to why don't you just mod f- fucking guitars? Japanese strats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you probably should, but that weren't the question. So the, the thing the, is, when most people go down the mod route, they start off with something crappy. Shit. Yeah, we should, and, yeah. And shit, and, and they then they build it. And what I'm saying is, if you want a parts caster, go for a Japanese, like late eighties, early nineties. Or eighties, uh, early nineties, uh, Fender because they are about five hundred quid. They're the same sort of price as a Squire, but they are the same quality as an American. Oh yeah, like the Japanese stuff, That's absolutely top quality. I mean, you should just put some P nineties in an Ibanez RG. Really, what you should do. <sighs> um, <laughs> but parts casters are a great budget. Are great budget custom guitars. It's the the argument. There will be a poll in the Fretz or podcast when this comes up. Maybe if I do it. If mm-hmm. not, it will be later on in the day. And it is down to you to decide whether that is true or not. Whether we've, whether you managed to stick out the argument so far. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we've got a couple of news discussion kind of things. We can we can go through them a little little bit faster, a little bit of pace. Uh, and then we'll be doing the the Patreon with Josh's, yeah, Josh's exclusive. <laughs> right, so first one, I'm going to start us off with uh, Gibson Maestro pedals. Uh, recently, they've added to those, that um, Maestro series, which before had like a, what was it, like a treble booster or a fuzz and something else, I don't know. Um, Drive, I think it was. Yeah, so they've, they've added a, a compressor, a boost, an auto filter, a phaser, and a trem. So... That's that's a pretty. Um, it's not what you'd expect from like the next additions to it. You might expect a distortion, a boost, yeah, maybe, but auto filter, definitely. Like it's definitely like pushing the pushing the boundaries of what you'd expect. What I wanted to talk about is like these have been out. Like this series has been out for about a year ish now. What are our thoughts on the Gibson Maestro series? What are we thinking about them? Honestly? Uh, I haven't really given them a second thought, I must admit. Yeah, so I I haven't seen any. And I remember now you telling me about the Maestro, that we did a thing about the Maestro. And I think it might have even been the last podcast I did with Lee because we never seem to line up and come on the podcast at the same time. But... That was the last I heard of the Maestro before. Yeah, before you this. just mentioned the Maestro. <laughs> Maestro. It's, it's the, I've not. I can't say I've seen anybody buy them. I've seen one no, or two. It, I've seen seen them on one or two boards. I've not. But, not a single one. They're they're bringing out overdone products onto a saturated market and relying on their name. They're hoping that their names are going to sell them, and the fact that they they look a bit funky, uh, and I'm sure they sound great, but they could they could be the best versions of what they are, but they're not established for selling that sort of thing, and no one's really interested. People want groundbreaking stuff. At least PRS tried to do it differently when they brought out their pedals. You know, they've made they've so made them look yeah. different. They've made them. They, they you know, did that bring out a really clump. interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I watched the story behind that Kalon and it's, it's built up from the ground and they just wanted something in that sort of ballpark, but they created their own circuit. Um, and this is. But they called it the horse cock. <laughs> they called it the horse cock. It's <laughs> great. Name. No one's going to buy the. Who wants to say, do you want to come and look at my horse meat? <laughs> I, mean, I told them that they should have called it a Tesco. That, oh, I do. I want. I want that pedal. <laughs> I told uh, them they should have called it the Tesco, but like nobody <laughs> liked the comment, and I was just really good. That's it. I mean, P- PRS. PRS might have secretly liked the comment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like honestly, oh, you, you. I dig you these more the than I do the pedal on top of your pink taco amp, don't you? you know, that's what you want. <laughs> Or just exactly like what you want. a bit of the back of the the pink taco, like the the, the grate at the back, taken off so that you can slide the the horse the meat horse into, into the pink taco. <laughs> it's got to be man. well lubed to do that, surely. Fuck man! Like, <laughs> what am I doing with my life? <laughs> What's going on? Um, I'm going to put my hands up here, and I I actually think these are a much stronger aesthetic than the. Um, than the PRS ones. The PRS ones, I can't even picture in my mind, even though they were released maybe like a month ago. These ones are really striking. the The aesthetic on it is like really kind of harking back to that that really cool kind of seventies sci fi look. And even though the pedals might not be all that groundbreaking, um, they're a lot more affordable than the PRS ones as well. Yeah, I mean, I just can I just use say... them as a, an example of what came out recently by yeah, like yeah. A, a guitar company? But... Yeah, well, I think. I mean, I, what, I, what I was going to say is like I have them open. So if I look forwards onto the screen that you guys are on and not onto the screen that has these Gibson Maestro pedals, I look away from them and I cannot tell you <laughs> what pedals they make. I know they make a Range Master. And yeah. I think that was in the first lot, not the not the current lot. Yeah, yeah. And you've said it. You've said it to me a couple of times so far this podcast. <laughs> and I literally have it open on my right hand screen, and I couldn't tell you any of the other pedals that they make. They're they're just so forgettable. They're, they're just it's, like like Lee was saying. The, the market has been saturated for these type of pedals in this price range for yeah. fifteen years. You're not breaking into this market anymore. You do, you you just aren't. I mean, the, the if I'm going to think. The, You've got the pedigree and the heritage of the FZ1, which is like the the first fuzz. It is it is Genesis. It, that is that is very important, and that's the one that sticks Phil out. Collins. I think that was the yellow one, and huh? It's very Phil Collins. <laughs> so yeah, it's um yeah that that's that fuzz that everyone kind of took it and they based everything off of, and that's that was Genesis, and that's very very important. But they've based a whole range of pedals on off the back of that. Yeah, yeah. If that weren't in that that series, it, it it would have gone a long time ago, I reckon. Nothing else has got the heritage, so they didn't like go. Okay, we've got this heritage, and then what about all of our, the rest of the heritage? You don't have that. It's just like, oh yeah, we've got this pedal, and it's re- like we've got all this heritage. And, and here's a range master. Here's a delay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and no, no one's gonna like if you if somebody says, oh, they've got a hundred and fifty pound. Delay pedal, you're going to go, okay, I'll buy a flashback instead. <laughs> or if they, they say a reverb pedal, I'll go, okay, I'll buy a Hall of Fame instead, because that's what comes with. Somebody says, here's £150, what delay pedal costs that amount of money? 
you, you're not going to say, oh, Gibson owned that company that is called Maestro that, you know, that is based around that company that built a fuzz pedal in 1962. But uh, they also do a delay pedal now. Like, no one is thinking, like, no one is thinking that. It's like when Fender, was it about five, six minutes? It might even be longer than that. You know those stupid metal enclosure coloured pedals that Fender did that nobody bought? The, the, the hammer, the hammered hammeroid ones. ones. Yeah. They were literally but, last year. Yeah. No, but, well, maybe not them then. You know, the, the, the like, they, they were like coloured metal, smooth um, enclosures. Yeah, the, the, um, like the Marine and they had, Air and the yeah, Pugilist and, the, and those they, they had the same amount of the, yeah, the Pugilist distortion and the, yeah, and all that stuff. And again, exactly the same as this. They went into a marketplace that was oversaturated and I couldn't tell you anything that they do and I've never seen one in the flesh. So yeah, I've not seen one in the flesh. Because Fender did a lot of effects that were different. They didn't just go, oh, here's an overdrive, and they did like a, a dual distortion. No, they did. Distortion. They did. It was, it was lit- oh, yeah, dual distortion. Oh, no, because there's never been a dual distortion before. <laughs> they did, yeah, but they, they did, did stuff that isn't... They did go, here's a fuzz, here's an overdrive. Like, their second range that came out last year was... At like like this range that like Gibson and Fender put out a shitty range of like pedals with like four knobs on it. They were like the JHS three series. No one gives a shit. Like, yeah, I, I just didn't even know they did one last year. To be perfectly honest with you, I was yeah. on about the ones for about five years ago. Crap. But the ones, <laughs> but the ones they released a few years ago, like they did a an overdrive for acoustics and stuff like that. They were trying, you know, they it, they might not have been amazing, but these the, and they sounded fucking good as well. I really like them Fender pedals. They were really really good. I don't, and I hope. I really hope that they dragged whoever thought of the idea of an acoustic overdrive pedal out the back and shot them in the head. Because Jesus <laughs> Christ, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Designing they've got to try and think. People got to try and work out like out of the box because we can't yeah. sit there on one hand and say stop releasing a fucking fuzz pedal every five seconds. But I've just ranted about acoustic guitars feeding back. Nobody wants that, so nobody wants overdrive in their acoustic guitar. No, there's a reason why we're not flooded with acoustic (laughs) overdrives, isn't there? And it's not because no one thought of it first. (laughs) I'll tell you what, what, Orange do a really good acoustic preamp pedal. It's quite nice. I bet bet it's not filled with overdrive options, though, is it? (laughs) You probably could because it's a preamp pedal. You could probably overdrive it. Yeah. You could, but you probably don't because it probably then feeds back. I mean, you could dr- <laughs> yeah. you could drive your car to work in reverse gear, but you're not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I'd be capable of driving my car all the way to work in reverse. <laughs> I think I'd hit something. Yeah, yeah, and that's the reason. <laughs> oh, is that the feedback? Is it? So yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the lamppost that I reverse into is the is the equivalent of the feedback. In this it is, story. yeah, yeah. It's the 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 reason why you wouldn't overdrive your acoustic preamp. Uh, fuck's sake, what are we doing? <laughs> right, we'll do, we'll do our la- last little uh, little new segment, and then we'll move on to page. Um, Eventide, Eventide, H ninety. Uh, we've we've done our live stream on it. We've we've got thoughts and opinions of it, Matt. <laughs> What, what, what do you think? What do you think, man? I mean, is it your like? I, I honestly, I know nothing. I, it's it's something that it's, my understanding of the H ninety is you load up stuff from your computer onto it, and it becomes whatever pedal you want it to be. No. Right? Is that what H ninety? They've, 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 they've got the uh, things built in. It's like it's algorithms. So it's so it's, so it's just a posh M five. Is that what you're telling me? 
and this H90 is a posh M13. Yeah, it's super fucking posh though. Like we're talking like studio grade algorithms here. Yeah, and, and, and I get it's that. It's not. It's not like. Um... It's not like a modeler. It doesn't. It's not designed to do all your amps and everything like that. Basically, each algorithm. <laughs> it ain't got is... a fucking reverb inside it. It's modeling something. <laughs> yeah. Imagine you've got um, a chain of pedals that you put together, and you think, okay, that's really, really good. One algorithm would be equivalent to like one chain of pedals that you've used to get a sound. So. Yeah, like and, and when people that's... think an algorithm, it's not just okay. That algorithm is an effect. Yeah, it's not be. just a reverb. It's just yeah. it. It could be a combination of like six or seven or eight, and and that's fine. But like the H nine is what fifteen years old at this point. It must be because they they were, they were on... nine years old. Ten. Yeah, sorry, I, yeah. I genuinely put a, would have put that pre twenty ten because like I remember seeing them on boards before I remember seeing, like, the timeline and the big sky, and they were, like, 2010-ish. Yeah. Yeah, 2013, but, we, we we looked it up yesterday. Yeah, it, I mean, that shocks me. But, like, the the, the H90, it, it's not something that is aimed at me. I don't want to digitally download some stuff into a pedal and, you know, you don't. have... That, it's all built. Have, yeah, they're, they're all, they're all also, built into it, yeah. So, but, so, is it, so you, can't, you can't even input your... Impulse responses or whatever into into this. That's not what it's for. No, no. no so think think the um, the HX effects, where it's just like the effects um, from uh, from Eventide built built into it, but it's but like like we say, super high quality. It's it's the same stuff yeah, they use but, on movies and stuff. But I mean, who needs that on a pedal board live? Like you can like. But do you though? I mean, you don't use most of the stuff that you've got. I, I in terms of like going going out and gigging it, you, you, you like you put your hand up your hand up there, but you don't even gig the stuff that you've got. So to then say that you need a haze ninety to go and play live is absolute. It's just it's just a falsity. But like, I I just I I don't understand who this this is marketed at because nobody. If who's no, playing I, a club is going to put that amount of money on the floor for piss people to spill a, a pint of Carlin over it and ruin it. To say that I've, I'm not going out live, that's only because of family and moving and stuff like that. If I was, if it wasn't for yes. like, like for the past like 20 years or whatever, I've been gigging continuously and I would... Yeah, but know, was your board that size when you were no, gigging? Not to start with, but as I got as I went on, my board got bigger and bigger and I put more okay. and more expensive stuff onto it all the time and it was always about tone chasing and um, chasing tone, you could say. So if you were in a band <laughs> now and you were going to go and play in a club to 80 or 90 really drunk people, would you be happy to take the board that you've got there with all of the money that you've put into it? That's a fucking good question. I have built my board <laughs> to be to have the amps on it. So I've built it so... It is ready to go and gig, so I can take it yeah, from yeah. here and I can pack it up. But would you take, take it? But would you take it to a pub full of drunk people? It depends on the gig I was playing. If I was playing and it was a case of okay, I've played it before and people are like, there's no stage, you know, is no, I'm not higher up or anything. Then no, but I I wouldn't want to be playing those sort of gigs if I could help it. I mean, that, that's fair. That's fair enough. And like, I, I'm sure there are people out there who will only do stage gigs and they're not worried about beer getting spilt on their on their drinks on their board and stuff but yeah like i 
I, I just I'm, I'm not one of those people, and I I, I also I don't really care about having studio quality effects on my board because studio quality effects are going to be affected by the room that you're in, and I can't be asked to spend time dialing a pedal into every single room that I take it to. I want the sound that comes out of my amp to be fairly consistent when I go when I turn up to a gig and I know what I'm dealing with, and I know that when you get to those studio quality stuffs, the sound that comes out of your amp is fine but it if you're chasing the tone to that level of stuff every time you move your amp from one room to another you have to go in and change settings and i just i can't be asked with that shit yeah, so the algorithms within the the h90 and the h9 are designed so that they're not that finicky they are they're like the majority of it is dialed in so that it's not like um affected so much by rooms but the type of effect as well it's not the type of effect like you like lee mentioned it's like an effects chain like a a reverb with an octave with a so on and so forth it's not the type of effects that you'll be standing up and playing johnny be good with no it's not like i'll give you an example um one of the new effects on it is um it will take a chord that you've played. It will basically take all the notes and the chord you've played. It will it will harmonize each each note from that chord, and then it'll add a uh, arpeggiator onto the end of each of those notes, and it ends up sounding like wind chimes. It's not for like playing Hendrix and stuff like that. It is for playing. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's going to be for original it's, stuff. It's like, and it's going to be like experimental or like um, shoegazy or and, 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 like. Not necessarily. I it, can do that with the mini voice or on the quad on cortex. I mean, the quad cortex is uh, quite a bit more expensive than this as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, but also, the, but like, this is just you know, you could say the quad cortex is one pedal, but you still you can get more out of the quad cortex than you can of the. Yeah, like quad the, the quad cortex is it's not you're not yeah, getting yeah. the same tones that are on there. Like, there's, mate, yeah, there's some adjacent screamer. tones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've put in the tube screamer. Yeah, you won't get that. Put a tube screamer in it, Matt. Um, <laughs> but like, they they have, and like, they've got the um, heritage of like years and years and years worth of research and development based on those studio uh, studio effects. They've got uh, studio effects from the H nine thousand, which is their seven and a half grand rack unit that that fit into this this floor unit. Yeah, I so, mean, every high end studio will have that unit in there. <laughs> and I get it. And like in a studio, I get this. I get this kind of thing because the kind of sounds that you're talking about are the sad kind of sounds that you would want to record. Like if you want to make some a little bit of cash. What you do is you go into a studio or even in your own home recording studio, you have one of these, you find something that you can play four or five chords over that all sounds really nice and calm, and then you create what the, a fucking loop that's about three and a half minutes long, call it Sleep Podcast, 
one yeah, billion people put it on YouTube, watch it and listen yeah, to yeah, it on yeah. YouTube or Spotify. And that's what this is for. That's that's that is the that's the a use for it. Use. That's not what that is, that is, for, that is for, but that is a use for it. a company that they the only thing that I know of that even time make that I would even contemplate thinking about was that um was it is it called the micro pitch? Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. that on my board. The, the red one that yeah. that like will make it sound like there's two guitars playing, and it's it it it's so much better than like the TC Mimic or any of those other. And I know it does TC Mimic alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that I, like if I was a single guitarist in a band that really should have two guitarists in it, I'd buy one of those in a heartbeat. But all of the rest of their stuff just it it just seems aimed at. I'm not going to say the wrong kind of people because that's that's just me being an asshole. <laughs> it's aimed yeah, at yeah. people that aren't me, and yeah. I'm all about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, absolutely, it's yeah. The like, like I, I said, uh, I said to Lee yesterday, like there's that core of guitarists who want those very very like safe and warm fuzzy feeling sounds that you you know and love. The tube screamer, the the rat the analog delay setting and those can all be the done at a really ramp the scr- yeah the yeah tank. yeah that that's <laughs> yeah. it who who'll be going out to the the pubs and the clubs like friday saturday nights and and will be dodging those pints being spilt on their boards and for those people this is not that their pedal it is it is not for them you like it can it can do some of the stuff but it's like driving a Ferrari on the school run. You've got so much power and you're using like a, a percentage of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, it's what this can do has only just, they've only just started to like experiment with it because this has got so much more power and they're, they're adding more uh, algorithms to it all the time. So the H9000 that Budget Pedal Chat mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, the... Um, that has sixteen hundred different algorithms, <laughs> so they've got a shit ton to pick from, and they're going to like pick which ones, and they're going to bring them over. But like, I I'll give you some idea about um like the heritage very quickly of Eventide because it's it's mental. Like they created the first digital um effects unit, the first digital pedal. Um, they <laughs> they created the uh first moving map for airplanes because one of the engineers started flying planes and he was like, why did the maps not move? So he went in and created it and then they got into the aeronautics <laughs> industry. They, um, they also did um, the, what's it called? When, when people swear on live TV, they had this unit and it had a little red, uh, sorry, little yellow button that said dump. And what it would do is it, it would play everything shit back. on the person. shit on the head you you press it and it cuts it out it cuts out the swearing but it cuts it out kind of seamlessly so it doesn't sound like a word has been missed it's very clever that you know the stuff that they get involved with is just crazy queen have used their stuff yeah loads and loads Uh, of people i'm i'm also now gonna do something that you're gonna be shocked at and i'm gonna say actually i take it all back and simply because the, the connection on the back is USB-C, and yes. why can't every fucking company do that? Like, just stop. Like, everybody take a leap out of Eventide's book. If you're going to put a USB connector on a pedal, 
it has to be USB-C. Stop yes. being a dick. Yeah, so I can it's charge my phone from it. I mean, it's like in legislation now in Europe, isn't it? They're, they're even forcing Apple to do this. Yeah, That's but not in the UK. Charges. Not in the UK. Because <laughs> Brexit means Brexit. Uh, <laughs> and, and what a place to end the podcast for this week. <laughs> right. So, as as mentioned previously, we do have a Patreon. And for as little as $2 a month, you can you can download the entire back catalogue of, of our like Patreon specials. One of which is going to be Josh absolutely ripping someone a new asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, do me next. Do me next. Indeed. So the, <laughs> the people who do support our podcast, we extend a massive thank you to. And they are as follows. Mr. Andrew Bimson of The Rising of the Lights. Uh, yes. yes. Do you know where he yes. got that name from? Indeed. <laughs> do you know where he got that name from? Put it in the page. We're, we're already Yeah, yeah put it in the Patreon. Yeah. We've got Adam Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects. We've got Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects of Masters of the Cinematic Universe, who are back after a little hiatus. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, and mm. they just, uh, I've said just surprised me, haven't I? No. 37 yeah. Effects, just surprised me. Masters of the Cinematic Universe. We've got Hugh Direction. Hey. Uh, Whole table of my pants shirt. fame. Uh, hey. Mr. Ben, ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. We've got Mr. Brian Garrett of the Tone Jokes podcast and the Second Bottle podcast. Um, so if you want to catch me online, it's Budget Pedal Chap. That's me. You can find me at Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. YouTube is the home of the No Talk or Tone series, which this week features the Joyo Act One. Acetone. 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 Indeed. Um, yeah, we asked. Tone might get a little bit regal this week. If you get what I mean. Queen William reference. Regal. I was talking about Queen. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, who wants to do some plugs? Who wants to do some plugs? Because, like, if we can't be asked, then let's just end the podcast. <laughs> you can yeah, find me at the Corona Mortis. <laughs> you can find me at the Corona Mortis on Instagram and. You will have a week left to enter in the giveaway that I'm doing with Rich to Strap. So get yourself entered. Get yourself that. entered. That's it. Win <laughs> 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 a £170 guitar strap. Indeed. Get yourself entered. Um, yeah, we, we also do, do the pedal boards and doing stuff. That's it. <laughs> the things we do for free stuff. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> There we go. Pedalboards of Doom YouTube channel as well. Me and Lee are doing loads of live streams on there recently, and they are really good fun to do, if not a little bit stressful beforehand. But if you can throw any support <laughs> yeah. on them, please do, because they're, they're really, really good fun, and they're really informative as well. Um, so that'll be us for this week. Yeah. Um, so from myself, Mr. Budgie Pedotop, from Josh, oh my gosh, it is Josh. From Mr. Lee, Padabadabadabadaboo. And from Mr. Matt Quine, say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Whee! It will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
I know a person who's got a really little dick and sounds like an owl. <laughs> no one's going to say it. <laughs> oh, the best jokes are the ones that you don't need to even say in the punchline. Indeed. 